You're listening to Fallen Jackfruit with me, Josh Reed, a podcast series where I sit down and chat with the creative community here in Ho Chi Minh City. I'm joined this week by Gavin Polisi. Gavin is one of the more active figures in the Saigon underground music scene. As well as being co-frontman for prolific local band Open Air Drug Market, he's also one of the key organisers behind the Saigon Psych Fest and one half of the event organiser group Locally Trapped Wildlife, which is hugely instrumental in the champion of local indie acts. In today's episode, we discuss the origins of Saigon Psych Fest, as well as what to expect from its second year coming mid-February, the mission of Locally Trapped Wildlife, the origins of Open Air Drug Market, and much more. So sit back and relax, get comfy, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Falling Jack Free. I'm joined this week by Gavin. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Good. Thanks for yeah. having me. I'm yeah, very excited no, no. to be here. I'm glad that I can actually finally meet you properly in person now, because I've seen you playing shows like Open Air Drug Market quite a few times, so it's good to get you on the pod and have a little chat. Thank you very much. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah, so as I mentioned, you're, you're one of the front men of local band Open Air Drug Market, and one of two members behind the Locally Track Wildlife team, uh, the other being Stephen, who couldn't make it today, but we've, we've got you representing the team. So how has how's your week been? Week's nice. I spent the first half in the cold jungles of Kuk Fung National Forest mm. up in the north, um, visiting some friends, and then was in Hanoi. Nice. And then the masked Hanoi airport. Right. So full Everyone's... disclosure, I, I, I have been traveling in northern Vietnam recently. Oh, okay. But so far, yeah. I'm asymptomatic. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and yeah, then uh, um... coming back to the city and still enjoying a rather peaceful, cool city. This yeah. time of year is just lovely. So. I, this was my first Tet that I had spent in Ho Chi Minh, mm. um, and it was lovely. Yeah, blue skies, super quiet, the roads are empty, and now it's kind of getting getting busier now. I feel like next, well... We're recording on a Sunday, so I think by tomorrow it's going to be full on again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. February third. <laughs> yeah, back so to Saigon. You had a good, you had a good tet then. See, spending it with friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, close friends that were down here, uh, kind of integral members of the Saigon scene for years, and mm. then have decamped to Hanoi for the last couple of years and doing great things up there. Nice. Shout out to Ekek Recording Studio. So you you were doing a bit of recording whilst you were there? Then? No, no. Just we were just traveling and. Um, I caught a, a noise event, kind of oh. experimental music nice. in Hanoi and kind of checked out the scene and stuff. But no, just, uh, you know, just tourism, eating a lot, yeah. checking out all those, you know, great northern delicacies and then spending some time in the forest. Oh, and there's enjoy. the church bells as we, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as promised. How is the art scene in Hanoi? Just out of curiosity. Oh, people are forever comparing the two, of course. Yeah. Um, it's vibrant. Um, Hanoi seems to... I heard recently that Hanoi has something like 70 independent original artists, right. kind of within the, the milieu, both Vietnamese and expat. Mm. And uh, it's, it's a, always been a rich scene. Yeah. I, I think in general, the kind of the, the arts community has more funding and more standing. Okay. And has had thus more development over the past 25 years, maybe, than the South. That's interesting. Um, you think I like, guess just conjecture, but I see that it's Hanoi has been quite a, quite an easy place, I think, for kind of experimental or indie or, or rock to, to, to grow. To flourish, yeah. So yeah, it always seems whenever I go up there, there seems to be quite a bit. Um, Ho Chi Minh City is just when people ask me this question, I just you know in Ho Chi Minh City the, the weather's so great, we have lots and lots of stuff to do. Mm. Um, it's kind of a little more fast paced than Hanoi. Yeah. So 
maybe Saigonese and um, expats in Saigon just need to, you know, like take a breath and, and focus more on the yeah. arts and music and, you know, catch up to them in that. For sure, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you say that because I've had friends who have I've said sim similar things where it's kind of, it, Hanoi is maybe willing to be a bit more kind of experimental and, and out there with their art scene. But it'd be, yeah, be, I mean, there's definitely people doing it here in Ho Chi Minh as well. But mm. yeah, it'd be cool to see that that kind of thing grow as well. So how long have you been in uh, Vietnam? You, 10 years, did you say? Yeah, I think October will be 10 years. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what brought you over here kind of in the in the first place? Uh, yeah, my trajectory in life was Reno, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Istanbul. Oh. And uh, teaching English in Istanbul, 24 years old. Started was starting a new relationship at the time and um, with a great girl and followed her out to Istanbul mm. where her brother was and um, all of a sudden found myself with time. And uh, in that time, I started to pursue songwriting. I'd always been interested in music and the arts and literature and that type of thing. So, mm. yeah, I found myself with finally kind of time and creative energy to yeah. actually just, you know, start producing, start making stuff. And um, after a year or two in Istanbul, we uh, yeah came to Ho Chi Minh City, kind of new frontiers, new things. Yeah. And up till now, I'm kind of still doing the same thing, teaching and uh, writing music. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean you're super you're super busy with it all. I, I mentioned at the top that you you're in the Open Edge Market Band. You are one of the guys behind Locally Trapped Wildlife. And you're the event organizer for the Saigon Psych Fest. Yeah, we're gonna chat quite a bit about that today. It's just about to have its second year, its sophomore sophomore year. Mm. Yeah, what made you want to start the festival? Saigon Psych Fest was born, I guess in Cambodia maybe, in early 2019. Okay. Um, we got the opportunity to tour there, um, to go out and tour with the Cambodian Space Project, which was this kind of amazing, um, Cambodian psych rock um, band. And um, at the same time, they had another group called Frankie Teardrop Dead from London. And we kind of befriended them through touring and spending you know, a week with them or whatnot. And they're this really cool kind of like psych wave, um, Brian Jonestown Massacre meets mm. the Velvet Underground meets Ride or something. Yeah. And really great people. And um, we planned, we said, okay, and you know, when you guys get a chance to come back from the UK to Southeast Asia, come play in Saigon. And so six months, one year later, they came back. And um, like most events and, and most of these things we create, it was just one of those ideas. Oh, Frankie Teardrop Dead's coming here. They're this, you know, they're a cool psych oriented band. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been interested in kind of building kind of a lasting DIY brand of some sort in Saigon. And um, we had done that kind of already with Locally Tribe Wildlife, but, mm. but with Saigon Psych Fest, we kind of opened it up to an international scope a bit more because in the fact that Frankie was our international headliner mm. in, in the first year. And, um, and yeah, and this year we have a, a couple of international guests coming in, or sorry, three or four international guests. Wow. So, so I guess that the difference between Saigon Psych Fest and what we usually do in Locally Trap Wildlife is, uh, yeah, the gaze has a, has lengthened or expanded beyond uh, the regional Southeast Asia. Yeah, to, it's, uh, that's incredible. I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to to go to the one last year mm. and saw that, yeah, Frankie Teardrop were the headline act and that they were, they were from the UK. And I was like, I think that was the first time I'd seen a kind of touring band, you know, from outside of Vietnam come and play a show here. 
So I thought that was that was awesome. And then kind of looked into them a little bit more and turns out my friend had seen them in the UK, like in Manchester. So I just thought it was quite cool that it had this kind of international, you know, relatability, yeah. Just about to go into the, the second year of Saigon Psychfest. What are some of the highlights and challenges from the first year there? First year, first year was easy. You know, like it was just this magical thing. You know, we met Frankie, we set it up, we played at, we just did two nights and we did it at the venues, you know, we were comfortable with and had done lots of events before. And this year, this year is really exciting because this year it was, we're doing the fest and then the bands came. Yeah. It wasn't pre-curated. Right. In, in the sense that like, oh, Frankie's coming here. We're going to make the event. It was like, we have this event. Let's put it out there and see who wants to come play. Mm. And so, yeah, I got a, you know, an initial flood once we kind of opened it to the international psych community or alternative music community. Um, we got lots of submissions, lots of interest, um, met a lot of great, really, you know, important and amazing bands from around the world, you know, within a week and a half of the announcement. <clears throat> and then, of course, all the local bands saying, I want to play, I want to play, I want to mm. play, too. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of nice to have, um, that buzz behind right. an event from the beginning, from the artists, um, especially because as a curator, one of my favorite things about kind of all of the stuff we do is kind of, you know, choosing these bands and presenting them to people. And we do that strictly under the conditions that we like the bands Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we want to play with them and the, they're, they're fun people and they understand our ethic and our way of doing things. And, and they're also, you know, interesting they're creating interesting music yeah. to us that's the foremost and so yeah psych fest is a kind of a dream realized in that sense and we'll see how it's going yeah uh we're a couple weeks out so yeah yeah it's not feeling far, good. Yeah. yeah um it's across is it three different venues this time i know it's three days this time yeah we're absolutely the first night will be um we have a kickoff party at soma in district two mm -hmm. um we of course know that tons and tons of uh, rock music fans and expats generally live out there. And sometimes it's kind of a hard haul into the city and back. Mm -hmm. So first night at Soma, um, one of our favorite spaces out there. Second night at Yoko, which, you know, center of independent music yeah, in sure. Saigon for 20 years now. Um, owners are great friends. Um, one of the main reasons I'm still in Saigon and making music generally is probably for Yoko. So the second night there on Valentine's Day oh, okay. um, will be quite fun. So those first two shows, um, those will be kind of normal time starting 8.39, four or five bands, mm. nice rock shows, good atmosphere. And then the Saturday is pretty much the biggest event I've ever been involved in producing. And that's at Archon, which is a new space for us, but a really beautiful space. Have you, have you spent any time? I, I have been to, I think it was one gig there. I okay. think it was the um, Saigon Soul Revival, I think, played oh, a show there once. I, I might be wrong on that. But no, yeah. you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're really yeah. excited. You know, it's big. It holds 500 plus people. It's mm -hmm. multi-level, has a nice kind of beautiful downstairs. It's very lush and tropical. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's basically a great space. But to fill the space and make it the event it kind of needs to be at a space like that. Yeah. We had to go big. So we, <laughs> so Saturday we're going big. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> so that's great. Have you found it daunting at all? Or is it, have, have you just welcomed the challenge? A bit of both, of course, yeah. you know, I try, you know, most things in life, you just gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta realize that none of this is very serious. Yeah. We're not saving lives. Um, we're not growing lives. We're not developing children. We're simply putting on entertainment mm. and uh, kind of expanding minds. So if, if, you know, if you, 
if you keep it at that level that look this is fun this, this is, is fun rock music yeah this is just people's creation that is presented through a microphone just particles and air being collected by something else turned from digital to yeah, analog analog yeah. waves yeah. and yeah. then um you know burst into air and humans yeah. are picking that up and kind of moving their body to it as long as you keep it in that context it's all fun it's yeah. all great you know awesome. because if not if you take things too seriously especially in the context of uh, ho chi Minh city I think, yeah, you can be driven a bit crazy. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's about having big scope, but also having a limited scope. Mm. That's what we, I think Stephen and I have come to realize over the years, you know, is, yeah, you can push things, but at, 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 at the right pace, mm. you know, and, and when you're ready to do that. And I, I think at this point, like, we're ready for the challenge that is, you know, specifically day three of Saigon Psych Fest. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we got a dozen great acts. We got 12 hours of you know, a interesting music mm. at a great space with food and drinks and fun and, you know, local community and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, we think it's going to be good. Was it a year ago, a whole year ago when the first festival was, was it kind of February time as well? Yeah, like, absolutely. We tried yeah. to do it post-Tet. Yeah. So it was the same thing, going right. on holiday and doing my hiking in the jungle and then pre preoccupied yeah. with, oh, I've got to email this yeah. band to do this. and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting, yeah, kind of kickstarting the new year in a pretty fun yeah, way. Yeah, that's kind of the idea, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got, you've been doing Saigon Psych Fest, but this isn't your first foray into uh, events, music events here. You, you also run Locally Track Wildlife. Can you tell us a bit more about what Locally Track Wildlife is and the kind of mission behind it? Yeah, um, Locally Track Wildlife is just music events. It's a platform for curation of kind of, you know, of me being like, look, I've spent 10 years here. I got tired of hearing, especially expat and kind of Western attitudes about, oh, there's no good music in Vietnam. Sort of patronizing thing, you know? Mm. When I was like, oh, I always, I, I knew they are, and I'd tell them, oh, check out this band or something, you know, and then you'd be like, send them a SoundCloud link, and maybe they kind of, okay, this guy's doing this here. But mm. people seemed incredulous generally that there was real stuff going on here. So yeah, Locally Trapped Wildlife from the get go for me was just like, look, there's a lot of great expat bands working here. I shouldn't even say expat bands. There's a lot of great people from other countries that have moved to Saigon and are currently making amazing music here. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who grew up in Vietnam and are living in Vietnam making amazing music. Let's try to bring them together those scenes. Let's try to, yeah, reconcile these scenes and uh, make it happen specifically for indie rock mm. in the vein of kind of a, yeah, eighties and nineties indie rock, maybe more than yeah, yeah. our understanding of aughts indie rock um and so yeah from that you know it was a, a platform for creation it was about bringing together these two communities um it was you know also a platform for me and steven's own kind of creative skills in our songwriting um within open air drug market mm. because you know as that kind of band at that time and still to this day in ho chi minh city it's like okay we could just play shows ourselves, or we can invite our friends in cool bands to play with us yeah. Charge people the same, a reasonable cost, do it at a place with reasonable drink prices, and all of a sudden you have a night out. Yeah. You know, you have three cool acts instead of just one band playing yeah. for two hours, playing for three hours, which is an amazing model. And, you know, all musicians and artists who pursue that model of, you know, a solo guy playing for a couple hours at a restaurant or a bar, great, absolutely. But for what we were doing, you know, I, we, I, I like the idea of three dynamic acts, 30 minute sets. Yeah. I, I like the, the, the tension, the energy to be high. 
And I maybe, you know, I, I kind of, I spent some time in the punk and hardcore communities as an adolescent. And I think I learned that from them, mm. you know, that you don't need a band to play for an a- two hour long sets. You don't right. need to follow that model. You can really just, you know. Have, I, have like an event where, yeah, you've got a bit of a variety going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, that's locally trapped wildlife, I guess. How, when did you actually start it then? How long Our ago Our first show was in 2017. So. Okay. So but, three years. You know, like as I'd said, that was our that was the first locally tribe wildlife. But I'd been kind of hanging around and taking notes and playing with all my buddies here in Ho Chi Minh yeah. City long before, and I actually learned a lot about putting on these type of events more from the contemporary art and experimental scene, mm. which I've been lucky enough to have a lot of friends involved in those scenes in Ho Chi Minh City, Hanoi, and around the region, um, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, etc., Bangkok, etc. So yeah, I learned a ton from them. Okay. of how to, you know, do something and keep something going when there's no financial imperative for it. Right. When you're not doing it to, to earn money. You're not doing it to, quote, unquote, make a living. You're just doing it to do it. You're, you're producing, you know, art for the sake of art. Mm. Um, I, I learned that from that, those groups. Because, unfortunately, in rock music, uh, especially nowadays in rock music, a, a, a lot of that spirit's gone. Right. I, I feel that, in, you know, in the, in the fringes of art, that spirit, you know, has existed for decades and still does. Mm. But, you know, I, I think just rock's boring almost to a sense, mm. you know, in the mainstream, especially. And it's, it's very if it's not formulaic. boring, it's yeah, it's just it's it has its paradigm. Yeah. You know, and that's if you want to go to a rock concert, especially if you're a really cool artist at a major level, you're going to pay 60 bucks and spend another 40 and 50 bucks on drinks. And mm. You're going to have a hangover at work the next day and that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, none of that. None of that's applicable to the context of working as a creative artist in Ho Chi Minh City. So for us, we're like, let's make rock shows for this context, for this situation, for Ho Chi Minh City in 2020, yeah. you know, for kind of this burgeoning, uh, developing, you know, rapid paced, fun, hot, sweaty, perplexing city, <laughs> you know? You, you mentioned something before, which I, I thought was interesting, the idea of like bringing a couple of communities together, kind of the, you know, people from different countries who've moved to Vietnam, and then I'm guessing, you know, the, the locals as well. Um, have you found that you've, you've seen evidence of that, of like both groups of people coming together to watch these shows? Yeah, we, I mean, my favorite shows have always been that. And our, our last show, actually, at SOMA, um, we had this band, Claff. And they're, they're a six-piece kind of rising Vietnamese indie band. And all the kids, they're all kids, and they go to RMIT. They're all in their mm-hmm. early 20s. And they're one of my favorite bands. And I've been looking to play with them for some months, and finally it came together, and they played with us. And we did student tickets for 50K for their contingent, and their contingent came out, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was about kind of 50 18 to 25-year-old Vietnamese kids raging alongside with the Skeleton Good fan which is probably someone more like me or you, kind of, you know, yeah. average age, 30-year-old kind of expat or something. Yeah. And both scenes interacting in the sense that, oh, my God, you know, the guys who came for Skeleton Good being like, man, Claff is dope. And a lot of the kids who came out to see Claff being like, wow, that Skeleton Good, that's a world-class rock band that we just caught for 50K, yeah. you know, in a venue in Taudin. Like, for, those are always, of course, this, like, you know, fulfill this kind of sense of... <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> of, sure. Uh, Oh great, we're you know we're really doing something that is not just for any specific scene, but but for many and bringing you know bringing people together because that's a, you know as an expat, that's important. 
Um, and yeah, I, I've seen that, like, you know, back in the day, eight years ago, when we, when there was events going on in the city, the scene was actually more mixed. If, if that might sound incredible, but as you know, it's gotten more comfortable for expats to live here. And as if you've, you've had more resources and options for expats, you've actually kind of seen those, the balkanization increase. Okay. I feel like. Yeah. So, so when we put on shows and you get both of those crowds to kind of come in together. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, those are those are always the kind of the, the most rewarding, in that sense. I wanted to ask what have been some of kind of the highlight shows that you've put on. I mean, I guess um, you know you've you've got the Sight and Sight Fest, but then other events that you put on through locally trapped wildlife. What have been like some of the you know top moments? Um, I sent the questions to Stephen, um, who's in Japan right now. Yeah, and uh, Stephen's favorite gigs, in which I was just like totally on board with, were. Way back in 2017, we did a show with Sirens of Halom, who's a Hanoi post-punk um, trio that are actually coming to Saigon Psychfest. Awesome. Um, they came down here and did a show with us at Maikai, which was the first venue. Um, we started Locally Trap Wildlife, and it was kind of this like upstairs bar, open air, in a sense, kind of grimy and dingy and kind of post-industrial vibe. Gritty bar. And had this show, and we had like, you know, 70 people show up and everybody was just having a ball and the sirens put on this amazing gig. And that was Steven's number one. And I immediately was like, yeah, mm. that was that was kind of when we were like, OK, what we're doing, we have something here. Maybe it was that moment. Um, and then Steven also said the Claff show at Soma, which is right. what we were just talking about. That was and that was good for me to hear because maybe we're, we're still happy with what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that was December, mid-December. And that, like we said, it was just amazing to see kind of. Um, a virtually unknown, at least to international music listeners, band, CLAF, uh, Saigon band, really just throw down so hard. And uh, yeah. And then, yeah, Skeleton Good with an, an exceptional set afterwards as well, typically. So, so I agreed with those. And then for me, um, last summer we did um, Sounds of Saigon Southeast Asia tour, Open Air Drug Market, Skeleton Good, and Green Means Go, and um, teamed up with our Thai buddies from Bangkok. Um, Pink Guns and Floyd Roses. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Tommy Hansen <laughs> and Hong um, in Bangkok. But anyways, we went on tour um, from Bangkok down the Malay Peninsula all the way to Malacca, and nice. then, um, which is even south of Kuala Lumpur, and did it all by bus and did it with 11 friends. And um, This was the one with Skeleton Good. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Jackie and George and Cody, Stephen, um, Janelle, Tommy, Hong, Sound, sound, homie, um, um, Coco, and just all these characters and people along the way, and all these amazing bands that we played with, mm. and all these venues um, up and down the peninsula, and just the travel between the off days and the jungle. Like, to me, that was kind of a that, that was definitely one of my favorite things I've produced. How did you find the Thai food? Jack uh, said it was too spicy for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I've been to Thailand a number of times before, and right. but in Jack's defense, we went into very, you know, in southern Thailand, when you get down there, um, we did a show in the very base of southern Thailand before you get over the border to Malaysia, and the food is incredibly spicy down yeah. there. So even, uh, I found myself eating a lot of Chinese food when oh, I was okay. down there. Yeah. So we'd kind of we'd look for the kumge analog yeah. or whatever's there yeah exceptionally because that was yeah, a little more mild on the stomach so. yeah yeah <laughs> jack was right the time <laughs> and it's not good before singing let me tell you that i can imagine <laughs> do not yeah. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> probably doesn't mix too well with beer and stuff as well yeah, yeah right yeah it's like, yeah as a, you know as an artist in these kind of diy world yeah you're consuming cheap beer whiskey and then incredibly spicy noodles yeah yeah probably not yeah not a good combo <laughs> in hindsight <laughs> let's chat about some of the bands that you've got for this year's uh, psych fest because it's upped in size you're doing it three days three venues and that means more bands lots of bands yeah um saigon soul revival yeah i saw i just saw i think yesterday maybe the day before mm. that they got announced yeah, yeah like, we're awesome. we're over the the moon that's one of the biggest acts i guess we've ever worked with yeah um so we're really excited to have them on board um they have a lot of great buzz they just put out a big record big mm -hmm. new record um coming off a couple really big concerts. And so, yeah, it's gonna be great to have them on board. That's for the big Saturday night show at Archon. Um, that night as well, you'll pretty much catch um, Claff. We're having them back, Saigonese uh, Indie Heroes. Um, we have Low Hums from Seattle. Okay. Um, really excited. They're kind of an amazing, um, very much rock and roll traditional psych band. Yeah. Um, working band from coming from, you know, the, the incredibly rich scene of Seattle, Washington. For sure. One of the best so, music cities. Yeah. Yeah. And we were really excited to host them and kind of take them around the city and uh, also, you know, have them play. They'll be playing all three nights. Okay. So no matter what you do, you're going to see the low hums. And yeah. I promise um, it's, it's a great show. How did you come into contact with them? Um, did they get in touch with you over it or did you know them beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the, the lead guy in Low Hums, Jonas, um, he reached out to me quite a while ago. Maybe even, I think he was before our even announcement of the second one. Mm. Um, so we had been in contact and, you know, he had been like, and at that point, even until, basically up until mid-December, we didn't even plan or know we were going to do the second one. But uh, yeah, I have to thank him because maybe that was one of the impetuses, you know, their, their, their interest yeah. coming um, yeah, from abroad, maybe, you know, got the ball rolling. Um, soon after we announced, um, through Funky Teardrop Dead, um, we met the guys in The Lucifer Sands. Um, they also run the Liverpool Psych Society. And they're guys who have a lot of experience yeah. in shows, you know, and have been doing stuff in uh, the kind of the scene in the UK for a long time. Yeah. Buddies with kind of the Pete Baseman from Spaceman 3. Cool. Um, lots of other people, kind of big players or whatever in the UK scene. And yeah, we're super excited to have them for two of the shows. And also a late night DJ set by Ivan from Liverpool Psych Society nice. to kind of um, finish out the weekend. So about midnight to 4 a.m. at Archon is going to be wow. a kind of a really fun dance party set yeah. by them. Um, and then we get into all of our favorite bands from the local scene. You know, as usual, we've got Skeleton Good, Kononos, Open Air Drug Market, um, Magic Pinions. That's Nick from the Kononos doing his solo set. He's always been one of my favorite working artists in the city. And uh, that's a rare delight. So that will be on the, the second stage. We're actually gonna have two stages and we're gonna have a bar stage with kind of more um, ambient um, solo works. Right, cool. Kind of more chilled out downstairs for people who are you know, trying to take a respite from the, from the big rock the, bands upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nick's doing that with Magic Pinions. Um, we also have Green Means Go, Janelle Orbita's solo act. And he's gonna be getting into a special kind of psychedelic dub, one man band thing going on. Um, and very exciting, we have Buddha Beat from Penang, um, that is um, Chiang, who's a kind of a legendary dude in the Penang indie hardcore alternative scene. Penang, uh, Bim Malaysia. Malaysia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he, he oh, runs cool. Soundmaker Studios out there. And um, we toured, when we toured on the tour I was talking about before, um, we played at his spot and we, of course made that connection and he reached out. Right. 
And so that was, you know, that, that, again, that was kind of a really nice thing, you know, um, to have this reciprocity yeah. between um, scenes that have never had reciprocity mm. whatsoever. You know, like, oh, there's a Penang indie scene. There's a Saigon indie scene. To most people in the world, that'd be, you know, mind-blowing. But yeah, there is. And yeah. it's been going on for a long time. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> scratch, scratch beneath the surface. Exactly. There it is, yeah. So anyways, um, Chiang's bringing his, uh, his duo Buddha Beat out. And they're kind of cool, psyche, experimental, instrumental two-piece. Nice. Lots of different instruments and ambience and kind of things going on. And then uh, other bands, Chun Twang and uh, K300 Band kind of local legend, uh, one, one of the coolest kind of original songwriters um, it, within Vietnamese in the mm. rock context, kind of very irreverent, everything has a double meaning, and, and a kind of really idiosyncratic, cool guitar player. Yeah. Um, he's played with us a couple times. He's kind of a, a veteran of locally trapped events at this point, and they'll be coming out for two shows as well. Um, too many good bands to mention. Young Buffalo, um, that's C from Ren Cap Dewey. That's another super legendary Saigon kind of experimental act. He's doing a solo set for me, for us, sorry. Um, and yeah, he's a prolific experimental artist. And again, just in his early 20s and born and raised here in Ho Chi Minh City. So um, yeah, you know, lots of great stuff. Um, I think for almost any tastes. And then upstairs, kind of the big rock bands. You know? There is probably going to be something for everyone, right? In terms of selecting the bands, you know, you want to keep it quite psyche. Mm. Um, what 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 were kind of I don't know, what were kind of your, your criteria if you will or something like that for this festival. So that's a great question. The international acts, Low Hums, and the Lucifer Sams and those guys. Those are that's psych. You yeah. know, I, I think that. And so the international acts are there. Saigon Soul Revival is doing a, a psych set for us specifically. Ah, I we're see. really excited for that. So that's That'll be yeah. Cool. I, I didn't mention that, but that's. So we got them going psych. Skeleton Good, to me, what Jack's doing is, you know, is essentially cost, yeah, definitely. those guys Those guys are doing psych. Of course, he expands all over the place, but, yeah. you know, that's a psych band, um, especially those that, that first song and those last two, you know. Mm. <laughs> the, the bookends of that set are just, you know, psych rock expeditions into, uh, you know, into the uh, stratosphere. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then... The rest of us, we're going to try to get psyche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's the point. That's a good point. In, in a scene like Ho Chi Minh City, we don't really, it's not rich enough where, I, you know, you have five amazing psych bands, right. five amazing punk bands. Um, within hardcore and metal, you have a lot of bands. Hmm. That's a little bit easier. But once you get any kind of step softer, and I guess like the hard rock stuff exists, of yeah. course. But once you go into psych, once you go into pure punk, garage, power pop these type of things really limited yeah um but maybe that's you know that's not exactly a bad thing it's just you know the reality yeah so yeah i mean some might argue sirens of halom the kanonos they're not that psyche they're pretty post-punk but to me they're kind of great independent alternative music mm. and they put on amazing shows and write their own great songs and are great dudes to work with so i think uh i, I think no one will be let down that not everybody's you know strictly yeah yeah um, dogmatically sunk. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, a great question. I like that question. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's chat about your band then, Open a Drug Market. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the concept of the band, you know, it, it is kind of that, mm. that um, we're hard to pin down in a sense. Yeah. You know, we have an attention to songcraft. You know, we worship Elliot Smith, Wilco, Bill Callahan, Joanna Newsom, these kind of 
people in that. Yeah. But there's this kind of noisy brashness, Sonic Youth pavement. Yeah, yeah. Then there's kind of this emotional rawness, I guess, where you have, you know, we get that from maybe the deer hunter, Neil Young, Built to Spill, these kind of things, you know, the, yeah. the, the emotions out there. We're not, we're not really holding back in a kind of shoegaze sense or, you know, kind of a, a detached, yeah. aloof, ironic sense. And then there's this jangle and punch. That's kind of the early REM Smith's influences. Right. And uh, you need that because that's what gets people dancing. For and sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we, we put all those things together and we, we we're kind of growing and developing a pretty high energy live performance, you know, again, kind of derived from growing up in punk and hardcore stuff and keeping it sweaty and fun. And yeah, that's open air drug market. So even, you know, as the manager of the band, as well as many aspects <laughs> or many roles within it. It's hard for me to define the sound often, you know, it's kind of like Steven's songs and my songs and then all of the members of the band um, working those out, you know, it's through countless rehearsals and practices and whatnot. And, yeah. But I'd say at the forefront, Open Air Drug Market is, is a song band. We, we spend a lot of time with our songs. And even though maybe I wrote that song in its original sense, from what you're gonna hear on the record, um, there's been lots of amazing stuff added to it. Yeah, it's been on by, a bit of a by journey. An, by, by an incredible team that we're really lucky to work with. So, How did you guys meet? How did the band start initially? Um, <clears throat> like most, like like I said, for most creative things in Saigon, it goes back to Yoko. Mm. And um, the Yoko open mic every Tuesday night, kind of an institution at this point. Um, that brings together a lot of artists and creative people. And... Uh, and just me kind of going there over the years and knowing kind of a lot of musicians and um, people making music. And yeah, met Steven there and then, uh, you know, had history. that talk. What are you into? <laughs> Saw him play. Oh, I like this guy. That's cool. Like, you know, maybe we could do something together. One of these constant, you know, as an artist, you constantly have this, hey, let's get together and jam and see how it's going to go. And, you know, most of us have had lots and lots of those and they don't really come to fruition, but you remember them as good days with yeah. kind of a fellow compatriot. But the ones with Steven stuck. We mm -hmm. kept doing it. And we kept growing and we got a drummer and we played with that drummer and then we got a bassist and we played as a four piece. And then uh, we got another drummer and then another bassist and we kept playing and we kept writing songs. And yeah, until now, I guess, three years later or something. It's been an amazing relationship. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, that, that's the reason we do all this, you know? Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's clear to people that Saigon Psych Fest, Locally Trapped Wildlife, all the myriad events we've done in the city and in surrounding environs are not to, to pay the bills. And uh, they're not really our passion. Our passion really, for me and Steven, is not organizing things. You know, it's not making sure that the tech writer of the band matches the equipment at the show and that the, the price point matches the budget right. and all these financial details. Yeah, like, yeah. To be honest, we wanna be writing songs and playing rock and roll and sweating and yelling and drinking. That's the fun bit, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But I'm not, we're not bitter either. We know that, hey, if we want to do that, we got to do the rest. Yeah. Because no one else is doing it. it you know, the, the joke around this house is, look, it's better than Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can sit around and smoke a joint and plan a festival, or you can sit around and smoke a joint and watch Netflix. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're kind of a compulsive producer type person, the, uh, the first option is more appealing. In mm. sense. I can see, like, you guys definitely have a drive to, to do this just from a place of you guys loving what you're doing, which is, which is great. Definitely the right reason to be doing this kind of thing. Yeah. And as you say, you know, if, if, if you're going into music for financial gain, you're probably going to end up 
disappointed down down the road i think <laughs> you know but in a sense there is there is a scene there is a market for that of course mm. you know there's guys making tons of money off music around the world but again in the context of me and steven as teachers and our friends as musicians and us as musicians and artists here in ho chi minh city as expats living here um are we going to become big and are we going to make a ton of money off what we do no so why you know why make that you know the drive because mm. it would just you know from a pragmatic sense not even idealist sense you know there's no there shouldn't be any idealism in it um it should just be pragmatically look we just have to put on shows for cheap we have to always pay bands but it's going to be relative to whatever the budget is to that event yeah. you know the expected income and that's how it goes yeah yeah so yeah that to, to me that's what's uh, again that's how we don't get bitter mm. because you know anybody who works that hard to organize can and i've seen that burnout and i think you've touched on that in past podcast episodes that creatives have a burnout because you do so much and you don't get rewarded for it yeah in that sense of you know here's a paycheck yeah but you do get rewarded for it in other ways definitely so yeah i guess that you know that's why we all do it you know absolutely yeah. other members of the band uh, i mean it's uh, you and stevens started it but who's who else is currently in the band um janelle orbita is our is our drummer and currently we're we're kind of in uh, between bassists oh, okay. right now um Tung An, who has played bass with us and been my best friend for years and whatever, is uh, he's going to join us for the Psych Fest shows. Awesome. So that's fun. We're going to have a, a Saigonese element and open a drug market for the first time in, uh, in, in some time. But for the past year, we've been working with uh, Kyle Kersey on bass, who shares duties um, also in um, Skeleton Good. Right, right, yeah. Which was great for the tour and, and amazing to work with him. He's been an, an He's an incredible kind of musical mind. Very talented bassist, yeah. Talented sure. bassist and talented songwriter and yeah. his approach to stuff. And he was uh, um, great putting together the record. Nice to work with him. So, yeah, we had a, a splendid time with him over the past year as well. So, yeah, to, to us, you know, Open Our Drug Market, I think, is not so much a band in that sense. You know, it, it, it's kind of, a, it's, it's a project. And like it's, a it's, it's, collective it's, kind of thing. Almost yeah. in a yeah. sense, you know, and it's kind of, you know, me and Steven having the drive behind it. And, uh, you know, working with the best people to work with. Yeah. And, you know, Janelle's always the best person to work with because he's just the most positive force, mm. you know. Um, of course, he's an incredibly talented, you know, drummer and musician in general, mm. multi-instrumentalist. But as, as a bandmate or a member of the project, he's always the first one after a show to be like, oh, that was so great. Yeah. Played so well. And, you know, especially at times where you, it's easy for an artist to be self-deprecating and kind of have that oh man that was what did i do he's the first guy to give you a high five and be like that was great man yeah bringing so, a good energy to the uh, so yeah you know as i've learned um when you have these collectives of people whatever you're doing you, you can't build expectations you you can't hold people up to your expectations hmm. you have to let them be themselves and then learn which which elements that that they can give you can you utilize for that project in a positive manner i yeah. guess if that makes sense and yeah, so up till now, you know, at the end of the day, it's playing music with your friends. So yeah, it's okay. I was going to ask about uh, influences, but you and you did already touch on it. Then I was, I was also going to say, uh, you mentioned Neil Diamond. I definitely hear Neil Young. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, <laughs> Neil but, Young. But Neil Young, <laughs> Neil Diamond's fashion choices. <laughs> yeah, <better than laughs> yeah, uh, Neil, Neil Young for sure. I hear, I hear some of that with that song. You know, the 
the focus towards the craft of songwriting. Okay, yeah. uh, and hints of, I got hints of uh, Kurt Vile as well. Okay, yeah, yeah I like yeah, Kurt. Yeah. yeah, cool. So uh, any anyone else who was like key influences? You know, I'm that kid who's listened to like every kind of Everything, music. Yeah. Um, but specifically for open air drug market, um, I, I don't think I brought in all those influences. Mm. You know, actually, we, open air drug market's a fun project because we actually we have a, a, a kind of a, a very uh, niche sound in a sense. So I think um, Stephen, as I mentioned before, kind of Elliot Smith, Wilco, Deer Hunter, yeah, Pavement. These are kind of kind of clear influences yeah. on, on that sound. Um, for me, Built to Spill, Neil Young, Smiths. Um, I like I like Talk Talk. Jim O'Rourke, uh, yeah, Bill Callahan, folky stuff, Bob Dylan, um, Rolling Stones, mm. <laughs> Garage. Yeah. Um, it's a wide range for sure. There's definitely, uh, yeah. Watching your shows as well, you know, there's, there's songs for, you know, everyone, you know. That's good. Do you have also a solo project as well? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I play j just myself. And I, to be honest, I'm still developing that to a point I want it to be. But I actually just purchased a kind of a, finally a, a nice looper. So I'm going to try to get kind of a, a one man thing going with a mm. little more kind of songs embedded within ambient textures. Um, again, just as to me, I prefer to play in a band. There's just something so amazing in playing with other people. Yeah. But um, of course, in this day and age, like I, I think all artists kind of have to come to the realization that, yeah, you should probably have a band, but also be able to do it yourself when the time when, when it comes up. And so, yeah, you know, I'm always writing songs. I'm always practicing songs, um, recording and producing as well when I can at home and stuff. So mm. I don't see what I do alone as a solo project or a side project as much as just like it'll always be there. Yeah. No matter what context I'm in, you know, and then open air drug market is, you know, Ho Chi Minh City 2020. Mm. What's, what's your preferred, uh, uh, it, both in the band and solo, your preferred songwriting kind of method? Like how would you come into challenge of writing a song would you start on a guitar or mm. piano or lyric idea yeah for me songwriting that that was actually the root of everything i do so for me that's the easiest part yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people i just read something where jerry garcia was like 1989 interview with jerry where he was just like i hate writing songs it's like putting a gun to my head you know like literally and it made me laugh because i was like oh i'm the complete opposite mm. Like, I'd much rather do that than set up a Facebook ad for an event, Yeah, way <laughs> which I find myself doing quite often. So anyway, songwriting is literally, usually in my head first, I have melodies. I'm, uh, that's why I started songwriting. Ever since I was a kid, I always had melodies and kind of lyrics and stuff in my head. And I'm always singing to myself and, you know, kind of generally being a goofball. <laughs> so your melody comes. Now I'm at the time where I can actually grab a guitar and be like, oh, this is the chord that matches that melody and then start putting it together. And then... Um, yeah, the lyrics will either come after or at the same time as that melody. Um, but, you know, typically I spend, let's say, six hours a week, at least, um, songwriting, which is developing new songs. Or I'm in a constant, I'm quite different than other artists where my songs are constantly changing. So even a song that I recorded last month for an album, um, the next time you hear it is going to have some small tweaks probably. Because it's just kind of a perfectionist thing yeah. where I'm, and I like that. Other guys don't want their songs touched. They want them played how they're played, and that's cool. But for me, yeah, again, I'm, I'm kind of coming from an outsider perspective that even the idea of playing originals versus playing covers to me is maybe not as definitive as to others. Yeah. 
um, where people are always like, oh, you're putting original music out and that's why what you're doing is so good. And Asia is just full of cover bands and cover bands are shit. I kind of hear this sentiment a lot and I'm like, no, like don't, don't hold me on a pedestal for that because even original music at this point, like, you know, it's rock and roll. What hasn't been played? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, and what really is original versus what, if that fragment of, where did that fragment of melody in my head that I'm using now come from? Was mm. that originally this original, you know, innate bubbling from the core of me that came out and was put on paper? Or was that, <clears throat> you know, assimilated, um, appropriated, reproduced, and then spit out on the paper? Right. To me, probably, I'm in the, in the second camp a little bit more. So, yeah. Um, but songwriting's fun. I love it. I, I, I could do that all day. And I think, like, making something, like, original as well is more about, you know, telling the story and, and the way in which it's told. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what makes it your own. Yeah, again, for a listener, you know, even for... It, it's, it's also nice for me to hear that because that's what we do, right? So yeah. it, it's good, like, you know, I don't know many cover songs at all. Um, we played the cover show at Yoko. On Halloween, right, which right. was also uh, were you there? I wasn't there, uh, but uh, I was. I was told that uh, Skeleton Good did a Black Sabbath yeah, set. Yeah, a lot of memorable sets. Yeah, that night, and uh, yeah, we put two hundred people into Yoko. Did you? Did you also play it as well? Yeah, yeah, and we did. We, anyways, back to the point. We did Nirvana. Oh, and cool, so I actually cool. had to learn Nirvana songs that I hadn't played since I was ten years old. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> That was daunting for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always hear from musicians like, oh, to play my original stuff is so daunting. But for me, <laughs> yeah. to play these really simple Kurt Cobain songs was, yeah, that was a challenge, actually. No, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's you know, so. daunting. It can be very daunting to play someone else's music. Yeah, yeah, so for me, maybe, you know, there's that respect. God, you know, people who play, you know, this uh, much derided cover music. Mm. Um, so yeah, to me, maybe that's admirable. Yeah, <laughs> maybe what I do is easier in, 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 you know, in my frame have you found being in Vietnam has, has just that alone and all the experiences you've got here has that influenced you quite a lot in terms of your songwriting yeah I mean I, I tell people look there is no open air drug market locally tried wildlife anything without Saigon and mm. the, you know, the amazing city that allows you the time allows you the creative expression and effort um, to live and do that at the same time. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's lots of other cities around the world that, you know, allow one, but just to be in a place, uh, you know, and to really kind of, kind of delve into Vietnamese culture and Vietnamese life while also having the access to kind of, you know, Western amenities and, and the, the way we're used to living at the same time in, in a, you know, kind of really dynamic city. Uh, yeah. has has shaped everything I do until now. Um, and songwriting, yeah, it, it's helped in the sense that I have time to practice, mm. you know? It's underrated, right? Having, Absolutely, having that you know, that's what, you know, that's what everything, when you have time, but also you also have the kind of, kind of diligence to not spend that time just checking Facebook and yes. being jealous about what holiday your friends are on. Mm. You know, these kind of, which again, we all suffer from that, you know, kind of, you know, humans in 2020. But if you know how to use your time wisely, and yeah, and once you figure out how to, how to live in, in a place like Ho Chi Minh City, mm. then yeah, you know, I'm endlessly appreciative of uh, people in Saigon, Vietnamese people, Vietnamese life, culture, and expat life and culture mm. as well, because I've also been, you know, living in that, in that sense for, you know, 12 years now. I moved abroad quite early, 23, 24 years old, and 
I don't really know what life is like where I'm from now that much. Right. You know, yeah. but I do know what life is like in Ho Chi Minh City. And yeah, I, I love it here. Definitely. Yeah. I'm super excited for the Saigon Psych Fest in a couple of weeks. Where can people get tickets? Or is it an on the door situation? Yeah, it's it's an on the door situation. Um, we're, I'm sure everybody's going to get in. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there on the door on the first night. I'll make sure you get in if you come, everyone. <laughs> Um, I'll make sure Josh has a complimentary ticket. Oh, no. I'll, I'll pay full price. <laughs> no, don't worry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, even even Archon, even the third day with, uh, you know, just come and we'll make sure you get in the door. We don't want to, we didn't really want to do pre-sale or kind of the stunting. Of right. That or, ticket to be honest, we probably just don't have the resources right now. You know, each of these steps. Like the, earlier, I mentioned scope mm. and um, limiting that in a pragmatic way. And that's, that's a perfect example. Yeah. Is we talked about pre-sale. We talked about that kind of thing, even kind of festival pass, et cetera. But uh, we just don't have the resources. Mm. So if any of your listeners want to come join the party and help out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The more resources, the more things like that we can do. <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, break the paradigm. Everyone does pre-sales. Do we really need pre-sales in the context of Saigon in our music scene? Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, I just kind of like the idea of turning up and on the door. There you go. You just you paid. Yeah, yeah, us too. And you know, that's Ho Chi Minh City. That's Vietnam. You know, you turn up, come, have a good time. Yeah. You know, I think I think everyone's gonna be okay. People can follow the Saigon Psych Fest on Facebook as well, which is where a lot of the updates are made, and you know, you can find out about announcements. It's just Saigon Psych Fest, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Saigon Psych Fest, Locally Trapped Wildlife. Yeah. Any of the bands participating, I'm sure we'll also have some stuff up. But yeah, we have a very detailed events page. Feel free to message us, of course, if anything's unclear. You guys are super responsive with it as well. I remember messaging last year and I think, you know, got a message back within the same day with all the info. So yeah, <laughs> definitely drop a message. Yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll be there. Awesome. Mm. And people, yeah, people can head towards Facebook and check out all the bands and uh, updates. And I'll link everything in the episode description and uh, also to Open Air Drug Market. Thanks for doing what you're doing in the scene. And I think it's super important that someone is doing it. And uh, yeah, much appreciated, man. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything, Josh. Had a great time talking. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Falling Jackfruit. I've dropped links in the description to the Saigon Psych Fest Facebook page, as well as to the bands mentioned in today's episode. Remember, the festival starts on Thursday the 13th of Feb at Soma. The next night is at Yoko Cafe, and it concludes on the 15th at Arken. If you've enjoyed listening to today's episode, please give us a like, subscribe, or leave a five-star review wherever you're listening, because it really does help. You can give us a like on Facebook at Fallen Jackfruit and on Instagram at Fallen Jackfruit Podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch about coming on as a guest, or if you'd like to recommend someone as a guest, or if you just want to leave some feedback in general, please send an email to fallinjackfruit at gmail.com. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks again for listening.